I like the pandemic because it was like because touring becomes habitual and right. it's like I just questioned if I wanted to keep doing it anymore. Wow. Yeah. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Heaven Hill Brands, by Michter's, and by Marshall Headphones. Enter Minnick 15 to save 15% at checkout. Hey, Fred Minnick here. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. It's so good to have you here. Pull up your chair, pour a glass of bourbon, and get ready for what is really a good in-person interview with some good fellas. You know what I'm saying? Some good people who like to have a good dram from time to time. This was recorded live and in person in front of a studio audience of YouTube members. How do you like that? That's something new and exciting. You may hear people laughing in the background, but uh, it is cool. It's really cool to be doing stuff in person again. Now, even though there's people are doing things and we're doing stuff in person again, uh, we do have a, a virtual expo coming up. Repeal Day Expo. You can get your own avatar and Deggy World and run around. It's like you're playing in a video game. Go to repealdayexpo.com. That's repealdayexpo.com to learn more. But this week's guest is Houndmouth. Now, Houndmouth, you may recall, I had them on last year. Well, I was uh, kind of uh, catching up with them, seeing like what they've been up to. And as it turns out, they just dropped a new album. They dropped a new album, and they're going out on tour like right now. And they live near me. So they're about, they're about, 10, 20 miles from uh, from my house and my office. And I was like, you know, this could be a cool opportunity to give them some exposure. I really love this band. You know, they're in that uh, in that realm of like Band of Horses, uh, My Morning Jacket. You know, they've got that kind of sound to them. They're just in, they're incredible musicians. And you know, more importantly, they're bourbon fans, right? So we sipped some good bourbon, had some great conversation, caught up. And I hope you enjoy this week's in person in front of a live studio audience. This is the Fred Minnick Show before a live studio audience. Okay, I won't quit my day job. But enjoy this week's interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard-made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL. Some of you have seen me on Instagram. And some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, 
and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb, a.k.a. Be Real. We invite you to come check out the illest, highest, most craziest podcast in the world, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Come check out our random-ass conversations along with our crazy challenges. We got some of the dopest, iconic, and legendary guests in the world. We invite you to come catch a sesh, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Listen and subscribe to us at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come check out the Dr. Green Thumb Show, Doctor's Order. Baby. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18-year-old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at HeavenHillDistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. And welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Uh, A special, special edition here. Uh, One of my dreams about this show was that I would get to meet with musicians prior to them going on tour uh, meeting with them after they had an album release. And um, COVID kind of happened and kind of screwed it all up. But here I am with Matt Myers of Houndmouth. You're about to go out on tour. You just dropped an album. Good to see you, my man. Good to see you too, Fred. I'm in your studio. You came over. This is pretty daggum cool. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool spot to hang out. It really is. And we got a live audience here, which they're all big fans of vodka. So... <laughs> that's i guess that's like the laugh meter there you know you get those live audiences you like says laugh you know mine's vodka yeah that's the key word there. <laughs> so how you been i've been great i've been yeah i've been great um 
release a record. It's like sitting on it for two years. Yeah. So everything's kind of spastic, and then it comes out in the world, and it's all good. It dropped November 5th. What's the uh, what's the reaction been like? The reaction's been really positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, coming off our last record, which was kind of uh, an insane like journey into uh, crazy sounds and stuff, and this is really stripped back, and we recorded it here. So Wow. Yeah. And uh, what seems to be a, a fan favorite of like what I've seen from people has been the Vegas song. Everybody seems to have like a real connection to that one. Okay, yeah. That was one we tacked on at the end of the record. We oh, recorded wow. it ourselves, so we had a producer come in and work with us, and and then we had seven songs we did with him. Mm-hmm. We released the se- or we we gave the seven to the label, and they're like, well, "You need three more songs." Yeah, I'm like okay. So we had to whip the three songs up on our own here. How does that work? Like you know, they you get you you creatively like. You can't just turn it on, you know, and so you get you get pushed a little bit. Like, yeah, what's your process? Yeah, the process is strange. It's it's just it is process is just weird. It's yeah, it's long for me. It takes forever because I don't write a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. I just write kind of. I just put a lot of focus on the things that I'm working on, and I don't do like an abundance of stuff. Okay. All right, and you, you're always thinking, I imagine, because you know you got this. You, you're a writer. You, you all are, you know, constantly thinking about like what's going to hit. You know, what's you know, so you got to always be thinking. So you probably in the back of your mind, you probably got like a song that's just there, or you just haven't tapped into yet. Yeah, and then sometimes that song like stays there forever, and you get tired of it, <laughs> and then you get bummed because you just can't figure it out. <laughs> that's the process working through that. So this week in the in the spirits world, a big a big announcement came from a fast food chain, mm-hmm. Arby's. Really, Arby's came out with a vodka. I didn't they, know this. They, they came out with their own vodka, and they're like branding it behind their potatoes, you know, their curly fries and everything. Whoa. I feel like this is kind of like a a socially significant thing in our culture. I mean, how do, how do you feel about Arby's coming out with a vodka? Um, I feel this is the first I heard about it, but I feel kind of great about it. Um, I don't know. There's like something nice about like trash food and, uh, and then like spinning that into some sort of art form or something. I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of fits. Not gonna lie. No doubt. I mean, everybody loves curly fries. I mean, everybody loves Arby's curly fries. I mean, they're like crack cocaine. Yeah. And the majority of people like vodka too. So. Well, not my people here. Well, I definitely did not bring you any vodka, but I did bring, you know, like like we did last time. Uh-huh. Last time I sent you uh, stuff. Yeah. That was pre, you right. know, everybody being able to be back together. Well, last uh, time you sent us stuff and then we drank it before we the show. That is true. <laughs> That's true. So, like, I can't trust you. No. Uh, That's why you came here. I can't, uh, I can't trust you to send you stuff. But I will be leaving a couple of these behind with you. I can't leave them all because... They're so rare. I understand. There's not that many. Uh, but uh, I want to start with something that's from your home state. Uh, this is uh, a Spirits of French Lick bourbon. It's called uh, William Dalton. This is a weeded bourbon. You know where French Lick is? I do. So they named it after, you know, th- that area. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's a really good, uh, they're, it's made there, so you can go and... Get your bourbon and then go lose all your money at the casino. Yeah, but uh, it's a really great, um, 
It's a really great distillery. It's a fantastic, uh, you know, kind of rising star uh, in the business uh, named Alan Bishop. He's a former moonshiner. And, and this is the, the dream of doing this in front of a live studio audience is they get to drink with us. So that's uh, one of the fun things. But Spirits of French Lick, they're doing a lot of things like they're using uh, various grains. Uh, they're using local grains. Uh, they're adding things like oats to their mash bills. And they have um, they've been really pushing the envelope in a big way. And I feel like this is in that conversation. So here we are with a little bit of Spirits of French Lick, the William Dalton. So cheers, my friend. Cheers. It's really great to be hanging with you again. It's great for you to be here. Thank you. And I love, I love this uh, location. It's really very, cool. it's pretty quaint, yeah. Yeah. And it's so, the sound is so good. Like, I mean, the, the walls must be like, you know, old school concrete and brick because you're not hearing anything from outside. No, no, no. It, the only thing you hear is cars because the windows are so old and, you know. You don't but, hear cars everywhere. But truly. You don't really, hear, you don't hear the wind or anything else. Right. All right, so with this, definitely a smell of the grain. You can smell like uh, kind of like a like a wheat bread, like a little butter on toast. Yeah, the oats. Oh my! Thank you. So the grains on here. Uh, this one is just three grains. 78% corn, 28% wheat, and 18% malt. Wow. 10% malt. A 10 looks like an 8. I just got new glasses. I may need to get new ones because uh, it's um, you're, you're in your 20s still, so you don't know what this is like. Yet. <laughs> but you eventually start losing your um, your vision of like a little further away, and you're like, oh, I can't see. I remember making fun of like old people the... At the diners, and they hand me the check. I can't see that. Can you see this? And you're like, you yeah. know, it's a whole thing. I was thinking my cousin Vinny. I think it's yeah. time for a thicker <laughs> set of glasses. That's a great movie. Uh, yeah, I just came on TV the other day. Yeah, you, uh, my cousin Vinny is like one of those classics. Classics. Still, I mean, yeah, like my kids were watching it. Like, wow. They're, I mean, they're, you know, two and six, but like. I mean, you got to start them young. Truly. My three year old um, just does nothing but rocks out to. To 1980s bands, it's really? it's amazing. And then my and my seven year old, he's in um, you know he's taking drum lessons, and you know music is a big part of, of like our family. Yeah, and they will they don't want to watch cartoons. Well, sometimes they do, mm. but they usually want to watch like old uh, Spandu Ballet videos or Hall and Oates videos or Crowded really? House. It's it's a phenomenal. That is wild. I guess the like 80s bands match the energy of children. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah, there's a lot get, of energy there. Yeah, there is a lot of energy. Now, get a little uncomfortable, you know, with some of the things that, you know, when you start hearing your uh, three-year-old talking about, like, I want to make love to you, baby. <laughs> you know, then we we got some, we got some problems. The subject but, matters a lot. Yeah, it, it happens from time to time. So, so what do you think? I love it. This is a good one. Yeah, and it's not, I, I used to vacation in French Lick with oh, okay. my family. And the dude, like, go out there and, like, drink, try the Pluto water. All that? Oh. Have you, ever had, have you ever done that? No, I've not had the Pluto water. Tell me yeah. about it. Well, it's from the sulfur, so, like, it it's very intense. It smells like it's kind of sewage-y. 
and and oh. and I I was young when I was there, so I was like, you can drink this stuff, and I was like, I'll try it. I'll try anything, you know, at that oh. age. Well, I, I'll say, you know, they're doing they're fixing the water before they distill. Thank God. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, because this, this is all right. <laughs> yeah, French Lick. Every time I go there, I either hit a deer or I hit a deer. Most deer populated area in the country that I have seen. You hit a deer in French Lake? Yeah, I hit a deer in French Lake. Did it, did it, was it bad? Did it mess up your car? So I slowed down to let the thing pass, and the deer, like, kind of gave me this look was like, hey, uh, go ahead and go. I got this. I'm not going to run in front of you. So I was like, I was like communicating with the deer, so I went. And, and I went, and the damn thing took off, and it got, it jumped up there, and his legs got stuck underneath my windshield wipers. And he's Whoa. going, Rah! he's like kicking Whoa. everywhere and everything. And it, it got let loose, and then started, just kept going. And I was like, you fucking idiot. You <laughs> said I could go. And then I'm like, I'm actually the idiot, because I listened to a deer. You thought it was just a nice Midwestern deer? I thought it was just a deer, like, saying, like, look, it's your turn to go. I mean, you know. I have never hit a deer. Thank oh, God. man. Dude, knock on some wood. No you know, doubt. You don't want to no, do I'm that. I'm getting ready to drive, yeah, 3,000 miles. So, so. You're, the, you're the tour guy. You're, you're, you're the one driving on tour? No, I am capable. I, I can do it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, some days it's good to, like, get in that headspace. Um, driving's pretty therapeutic, I guess, but... Yeah, it can be. Yeah, and it, like, keeps me off my phone, but usually uh, we have a tour manager drive. That's what tour managers are good for. No, absolutely. For sure. yeah. Absolutely. So you're in a you're in a van, right? You guys got a nice size van? Yeah. So actually, yeah, we partnered with uh, Dodge. We're doing a uh, taking a Ram van out this nice. this tour. Yeah. And they like hooked it up. It's got a like a big TV in it and some storage space. Oh, that's bad. It's pretty cool. So of the person like, you know, who smells the worst in the band, like yeah. who who's the person you got to worry about? You're not sitting next to because they got the stink. We've picked our our crew wisely. Okay. So nobody's got like crazy pungent odors, but um we did tour around with a band. We were we were um we were like opening for a band for a while and just being in the same room with, with a certain individual was pretty painful. Dude he didn't like shower. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just, like, didn't shower, which is common on the road, especially, like, not washing your hair and stuff. You just, Mm -hmm. yeah, but. I mean, hey, if it brings you energy on stage. Totally. Right? I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to smell good to play good. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm going to take you down to Alabama. On your tour, are you going to Alabama at all? Are you all heading down south? I don't think we're going to Alabama this run, no. Well, I just tasted this yesterday. It's six-year-old cash-strength Alabama bourbon from a small distillery called Detlin. This is only available in Alabama, and it blew my socks off. Sweet. And I was like, as I was picking my my items to drink with you, I was like, I gotta, I gotta bust this out. Thank you. So, Detling, Alabama. Take a look at that. It's a nice crest. Now, before before uh, I the the seal in here was was uh, plastic or wax so thick yeah. that you could use it as a prison shank, like you could, yeah. you could cut a jugular with it. <laughs> Ready? There you go. 
All right, so here we go. We're going to go down this path again. It's the second day in a row I've tasted this one. Man, it smells so good. <sighs> right there. Yeah. Whew. Now, when you are, I think we talked about this last time, but does whiskey or anything like that affect your vocal cords? Um, yes, yes and no. It, uh, it, like, it makes me cough and stuff during singing, so I try not to, like, drink straight stuff before drinking. But, um, I don't, like, actively, like, drink on tour. It's just kind of like a, if there's a beer hanging around, I'll just, you know. I don't seek out to, to drink before a show. Okay. So you won't, you won't, uh, you won't drink beforehand. I, I do often, but I don't, like... It's always around. It's always accessible. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, in your rider, you know, they will just, like, you know, drop you a bottle of Jack or so you have a six-pack of beer there or something like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, being affiliated with Danny Weimer Presents, like, you know, every, every like, musician camp is different. And there are some managers, they, like, see me walking around, like, keep the alcohol guy away from my guy. <laughs> Truly, yeah. There's there's people that <laughs> doesn't mix well. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a thing. Is like I'm I'm always very nervous that I'm going to impact someone's sobriety. So I do too. I like I'll see like I saw my neighbor out at a restaurant the other day, and I was like, I'll, I'm going to buy him around of beers. But then there's always like I don't know if he drinks. Like it's just going to be offensive. There's always yeah. that. And I don't think I, you know the thing is is like I don't think it in any way, shape, or form is it you know. Everyone's responsibility to always placate to other people. I think right. it's it's a matter of the people in those positions. They get themselves prepared to handle it. Absolutely. And so sometimes maybe we overcompensate. Yeah, yeah. But but at the, at the same time, and it would break my heart if I, you know, if I if I was the trigger for someone. Absolutely. So. But yeah, I think you're totally right, and you just go through life doing gestures, and hopefully everybody's yeah. Now, where do you? Where are we? Where are we going on the tour? Let's. What are some of the key key spots? Uh, we're going to Detroit tomorrow. Okay. And um, Chris, help me out. We've got New York. We've got New York, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Charlottesville. Charlottesville. That's a makeup show. We were just in Charlottesville, and the power went out. Oh wow! And like like an hour before show. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, I'll drop the tour. I'll drop the tour in the in the description. So if anyone's like listening or watching this, you can see where it's at. And and like, um, you know, it, is this the first time you all been on the road since the pandemic? No, we've gone out a couple times. Okay, and just like a small string of shows. Okay, yeah. How many will you play on this run? Um, we're gonna play f- for two weeks, and we have maybe two days off. And then we'll go out again in December for two weeks, and we'll have, like, two days off. That's awesome. Yeah. I got I got to imagine, like, this is, like, an itch you've been dying to to scratch for a while. Yes and no. Okay. I like the pandemic because it's, like, because touring becomes habitual. And right. it's, like, I just questioned if I wanted to keep doing it anymore. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. So, but ultimately, yes, I do. And now you get to, like, go back at it with what was new that, energy. What, what was that? thought process like because anytime you are i've been there you know i yeah i almost gave up whiskey writing you know uh-huh. uh 
uh, I almost quit, but you know there was things the things at play that kept me going, and I'm right. and I'm glad I did. But what was the process for you making that very important decision for not only your livelihood, your family, your fans, right. but also your internal self? Yeah, there's always a drive that like won't go away, no mm-hmm. matter what. Like to just write and then ultimately perform the songs because once you write them, you have to deliver them in a way that can only come through like you and your voice. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, it was just like I gotta keep sticking with this. Yeah, yeah. And what if you if you weren't in this band, if you weren't uh, a musician, what would what would you be doing? Man, I have no idea. I have no idea. I went to college and got like I. Spent most of my time like philosophy classes, and then I think I got out with the general studies degree because mm-hmm. it could get me out fast enough. I remember my dad was like, "You need to graduate college, and then you can." I don't care what you do. He's like, "I'll I'll pay for you to go to college, which is awesome." So I did that, and then the day I graduated, I started a band. Wow! Yeah, that's awesome. What do you think of the of the Deadling? Where's it? Where how's it hitting you? Um. It's excellent. It's, uh, I don't know if this is right, perfumey. It's kind of oh, like Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife's in the audience. I can see her glass is empty, so I'm taking that she likes it. She's a bourbon drinker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll go out of town, and then, like, there'll be certain bottles that I notice are a little bit emptier when I get home. Yeah, yeah. One time she crushed, like, a, a three to $800 bottle of, uh, <laughs> of, of rye uh for uh for for sours making sours at home yeah i mean it's been a it's been a moment of uh <laughs> of pain in my heart in our marriage uh, you know. love you babe it's a great things to work through <laughs> all right so if we taste this up against the mm-hmm. uh spirits of french lick they're a little bit different in style but yet there's some similarities there there's a lot of like some of the like oils it's a very very kind of like uh interesting same trajectory of oils on my on my palate. Uh-huh. I want to do a taste. Let's taste these two together yeah. and see which you happen to like more. Yeah, that William Dalton from Spirits of French Lake is fantastic. It's pretty fantastic. I don't know if it's a matter of like what I like more, mm-hmm. but like I guess naturally I like the like oat side of that. Mm-hmm. I just I it's like the really, the maltiness. Yeah, it's really, really, really special. Yep. I think I'm going to give the nod to the spirits of French Lick over the over the Deadling. Which, if you would ask me yesterday if I would have done that, I said no. But today, I think I am. I also wonder, you know, I've crossed the river. I'm in Indiana. This is an, comparing an Indiana bourbon to an Alabama bourbon, it's almost like its own little civil war. You know, you got the Union <laughs> versus the Confederacy. Kidding. That, I mean, obviously, the Detlings are not Confederates. Right, right. They're um, part of the actual United States of America now. But but it's like, um, it's it's a contrast of styles in some ways. But I, I definitely dig the spirits of French Lick. I do, um, too. I'm giving it a nod over uh, over the Detling. How about the audience here? Yeah, spirits. Totally Spirits of French Lick is the winner. Detling, yeah, Detling, babe. Neither. 
Chris, what you got? The harshest critic in the room, my wife. What you got, Chris? French Lick. French Lick. French Lick is the winner. All right, so now we'll move on to uh, to really what to me is one of the best uh, whiskeys that Jim Beam has ever put out. It's their lineage product. It's a 15-year-old. This is only available in duty-free shops around the world. And um, I happen to have gotten a bottle. And I have a feeling it's not going to last very long after my wife tastes <laughs> this. So here you go. Ready? Good catch. So if we look at um, it, when when we talked last, you know, you all had kind of put the album to bed. Everything mm-hmm. was kind of going off to, um, you know, to that next step. Yeah, it's getting mastered, I think, yeah. something like that. Why the hell does it take so long to do an album? I, I, honestly, I, I, I want to know because, like, you hear about someone doing an album and then five years later it's I'm like, it makes no sense. I, I know. I, I don't know. I kind <laughs> of know, but also I don't know. It's like, I mean, I feel like I've been with these collections. I've been with these collections of songs for over two years. Wow. And, yeah, the main priority was, like, I want to write songs that I don't get tired of playing. And... I feel I, I feel like great about the release. I didn't realize before release day, it was like old news to me. And then it came out, and then people were like texting, like, "Hey, this is nice." And it's like, "Oh, it's kind of like a birthday. Like yeah, it makes yeah. you like grateful again for all the people in your life that you didn't know were like right. paying attention." So yeah, it, but mastering, recording, mixing, and then it has to get like pushed for marketing and stuff, and it, everything's got to get set up through a label. Yeah, this is a long there's, process. There's like a boardroom of people you know, <laughs> yeah. having conversations about your fate. Exactly. You know? The panel. What song will be the single and yeah. what will we oh, do with goodness. Yeah. Now, I, I, in writing books, like you, I've gone through that too, but I can, ju- I, I can justify why it takes a book two years. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, commas are not the easiest to deal with. You know, everyone's got a, an opinion on a comma here and there. Mm. And, I I just I just know that you know we're we're in a different phase in music where you can drop you can record something right now in this studio yeah drop it on iTunes tomorrow right. and it could be the number one thing totally. in the world totally so it just feels like music is like not catching up to what reality is in some ways yeah it's always a thing I mean, no matter what even if you record it yesterday and put it out it's still a product of the past yeah you know yeah. Man. But yeah, I like the recklessness of not of of releasing stuff just off the cuff. Mostly I'm I'm intrigued by it because I haven't done it very often. Well, maybe that could be a little uh, something to play with. You can, be. you can be a TikTok guy. You can maybe yeah. do some TikToking. <laughs> no. No, not me. <laughs> what do you what do you think about all those TikTok uh singers that become like mega influencers? Well, I've had thoughts about it, and then I and then I try and push it out of my head. But like, it I don't know. A lot of times you look like TikTok singers, and it's, there's something about it. I don't want to like generalize it, but there's something like really not super genuine about it, or they're just very young and like maybe haven't like found their voice or something yet. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It all seems kind of a little bit forced. Yeah, not real. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I also feel like that that time is going to pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I just can't see. I can't see this 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 happening. Keep keeping on. I mean, just it's not sustainable. That's no. for sure. Yeah. And I, I talked to. Uh, I interviewed. Uh, I had Perez Hilton on um, a few weeks ago, and one of the things he talked about was like he's like influencers are eventually going to go away if they don't find something else because that's not sustainable and you can't keep it up. Yeah, there's not like a skill set or you're not connecting with people on a deep level, it seems like. Yeah. You know? And it's not mentally it's not mentally uh, healthy. No. Because it's not like you get a bunch of fans there, and if you do just get a bunch of fans, they prop you up and they give you an unrealistic expectation of life. Yeah. You know, you don't have... And then when you have like the haters, I mean... People have a hard time dealing with with haters, yeah. And and that like if you are not if you can't handle that, you're fucked. Right. When you have a craft to work on, like you when you get praise, you can sift through that mm-hmm. because you can still go back to that one thing you're working on, right? And be like, I need to make sure take care of this thing and make sure it's good. And when you get haters, you're like, okay, I can also tune that out. It's one and the same. But yeah, when you don't have like a skill set or something greater than yourself that you're working on it yeah. can get like pretty i bet it can and get i bet pretty, you anything that you are your biggest critic i bet of you of course you are your biggest critic yeah i take it so hard on myself so yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah and that's and that i think is one of the missing links of of like that the influencer yeah, uh, yeah. community is that they're like you're an artist you're like a legit artist and you've probably thrown away more uh, more beautiful songs and music than you know most people have ever you know dreamt of. So thrown away a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how beautiful it is, but it's, it's a lot. Well, it's not beautiful to you, but yeah, someone yeah. else probably yeah, yeah. is. All right, so here we are on the Beam Legacy. It's a 15 year old. It's a project between uh, Fred and Freddie. No, uh, you know, father son relationship cool. here, and and honestly. This is just good whiskey. It straight up. What's the audience think? Yeah, this is a hard one to beat here. Yeah. It's got like high notes, I feel like. Seems yeah, this is, high uh, to me. This is this is a long uh illustrious career um in a barrel. And this also I think it's probably well, the top five things that's ever came out of Jim Beam. That's how high I'm on it. It's really good. When you say it's only at duty-free shops, is it, like, accessible there still? It, like, accessible at uh, duty-free shops? I, I think so. Like, people, it's not like, you know, it's not like you can. people are just booking flights to Japan and Australia to buy bourbon. Yeah. You know, the reason why duty-free is such a such an important spot for uh, spirits companies is because that's the only place that they can get a CEO of a major company by themselves. Because they're traveling, you know, right. sure they might have an entourage, but when they walk into that shop, they're not bringing, in, you know, the people who work for them. It's right. them and their money and right. the and the duty-free, the stuff you see in there is meant to separate them from their money and basically create a brand loyalty that they could never get anywhere else so you right. always see high-end stuff in those places and it and it's and it is it is gender neutral it's um you see it with the perfumes and everything and yeah. then you have the 
and then you have like the uh, the cigarette community. So right. like if you want to buy a bunch of good cigarettes, you know, you buy cartons upon cartons yeah, over yeah. there without you know. the fire safe. Yeah, thing. I yeah. mean all that. They, <laughs> yeah. They've got all the you know the European style or the Turkish style right. cigarettes and everything. So right. I remember the Argentinian cigarettes didn't have fi- the fire safe oh, thing yeah. on it. And it, once they put those on there, it made them taste much different. Like the U.S. started putting the fire safe rings. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is like, you know, they put all of that stuff on there. But then they're just like, oh, but but it's okay to put the chemicals in there and all. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It, so it's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> come on. Truly. You know, I mean, give me a break. Um, but, um, yeah, so the... Um, those duty-free shops are really important yeah. for, for the vice community. Did, did you ever smoke cigarettes? Uh, not really. Yeah. No, no, I dipped. I, I chewed tobacco Same. when I was in the Army. And um, and now I, I can't stand the sight of it. Yeah. I smoke I smoke cigars. But, okay. Yeah, but I, not, not I cigars. have nightmares about pulling a dip out of my mouth, mm-hmm. and it never stops coming out. And I'm just gagging in my dream. That it's is so a, gross. That is... Yeah. <laughs> As someone's bringing out a can of chew, <laughs> oh, so gross. You know the the whole thing about dipping. It's like it's it's a social thing, and, yeah. I, and it's the same with the cigarettes. Um, when I was in the army, man, like everybody either smoked, or chewed, yeah, and like there were very few people who didn't do anything. And right. uh, it's just it was just part of it. Same with baseball, which I played. Uh, same yep. with wrestling. It's just one of those things where. It's a, it's a social aspect. Absolutely. Kind of, I mean, it's in the same vein of touring and mm-hmm. being around musicians and stuff. But less and less nowadays. Like, I don't well, see too yeah. many smokers and stuff. Yeah, and, and the professionalism of, of music. There's been, yeah. we've lost so many people to drugs. Right. And I think there's been a big effort in music to try and thwart some of that stuff. Totally. But, you know, you still have it. But, right. I know. But, um, you know, whiskey, though, is usually pretty acceptable. Mm-hmm. Especially when you consciously drink it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, if you think about what you're tasting right. and drinking, that's very different than, say, chugging, like yeah. uh, Lemmy did, you know, from right, Motorhead. Right, right, Which he had a bottle of Jack Daniels every day. Yeah. You know? Lemmy from Motorhead, an icon, and uh, one of the most important musicians in rock. Um now we're going to go to something that actually I have a hand in. Uh, we're going to go to rum now. This is a this is a small batch that uh, small batch release that single batch uh, as they call it in rum that I picked for total wine. And there's only like a couple thousand bottles. And this is a this is a rum from uh, Saint Lucia. Now. My wife and I, that's where we went for our honeymoon, mm-hmm. and we went to uh, St. Lucia for our honeymoon, and we were to go to this distillery, but it had burned down the day before. Whoa. We pulled up, and there were still, like, cindering, still smoke oh, and cindering and everything. Still smoking. And um, and so anytime I talk to these guys, they're like, oh, yeah, we were going to go there the day, and so they're gonna we're going to go out there and go check out the distillery uh, one of these days. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not a bad omen, and it, and it burns up. Yeah. Corks on there, good. Yeah, that one's empty. So rum is not the yep. the rums that I drink are not the Bacardi's, the Captain Morgan's, things like that. 
I drink what we would call real rum, and mm-hmm. that I can there, smell it. There's no sugar added. Uh, the distillation proof is is uh, is not really uh, super high, um, and um, you basically have um, you, they they distill a pot still, so they they will distill the the molasses out of a pot. They will distill it out of a column, and they will batch those together or blend them. And so they ha- they all have like their own kind of um, you know creation techniques. But what we are tasting here is really, uh, truthfully, one of the best rums well, in the world. Probably, probably a top ten rum in the world. Well, that cork, you can hear it a mile away now. You got puckered up there, cork. Wow, Fred. Wow. Isn't that something? That's incredible. Now, this is, uh, <laughs> this, these are already sold out, but the brand is called uh, Chairman's Reserve. From St. Lucian Distillers, and um, the rums that they have on the market are all exceptional, all really good. Um, but my favorite that they have it's it's called 1931, and you can uh, you can find that on a lot of online stores. It's so delicious. This is so good. <laughs> you and you wouldn't know. You wouldn't. I mean, you, the thing about rum is like you would never know. Unless you picked up that, that that glass, you know, right? And yeah, and I feel like usually when you're pouring rum, it's going to get mixed. Mm-hmm. This is what we would call sipping rum. Mm-hmm. Looks like the audience was pretty heavy-handed with this pouring <laughs> last thing. Wow. I mean, they just poured a little bit of the of, of the others, but geez, when is this going to be available? Well, the thing is, it was only available by pre-order, and it okay. sold out. It sold out within like five hours <laughs> yeah. or something. But uh, it's it, it's it is. I mean, I'm going to pour another one while we're sitting here and talking. It's uh-huh. so good. But um, let's. So you you've got this. Um, you, you've got the you've got the new album out. It's it's helped me out with the name. Uh, good for you. Good for you. And um, you got this new album out, and you're you're about to go on tour. Uh-huh. And you already confessed in a little bit of like it's already old to you. Uh-huh. So do you have any new songs that you'll be playing on tour that you'll test out? No, but we have new songs um, that we just don't. We want to keep them a little bit private until we work out some kinks. But I don't, okay. I don't know. I we didn't get to test out "Good for You" on a crowd because of COVID. So mm-hmm. we had to like trust our instinct, and it was like. What we thought was ne- is necessary to like test songs out. It's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. quite necessary, so it's kind of fun like keeping things under wraps. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The the um, the when I heard the line about Kentucky, I was like, "Woo!" You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so excited for uh, for you to play in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, w- with that one, and I yeah, I would love I would love to see you on a bill. With my morning jacket, band of, and band of horses. Yeah, 
I would I, like that too. I would love because you you all are so similar but very different. Yeah. In style and, and music, but that to me is like someone who, and if we could get them all to be in the same room together for a, a, a long enough period of time. Yeah. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Oh so right. That four. <laughs> Those four on on uh, on a ticket that'd be like a dream show for me. That CSNY cool. is my all time favorite band. By what what is that? CSNY Crosby, okay. Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes Young. Yeah, is my all time favorite band. Cool, cool. Yeah, I love Neil Young. I'm he's amazing. Huge. He's huge he's amazing. Man. Yeah. Stills though, I, I think I think he's just I think he's retired, and Crosby's he's gone off the deep end a little bit. He's yeah he's pr- pretty pretty. Um, active on Twitter, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's gone out there, but the uh, the the two hearts of that band, uh, you know, um, vocally have always been Graham Nash mm-hmm. and, and Neil Young. But uh, Graham Nash is so good, such a such a great musician. But I mean, I would love I would love to see that. And I mean, gosh, are, where are you all playing in Louisville? Are you all playing in Kentucky? Yeah, we're playing at Paris Town Hall. Um, oh yeah, the day before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to maybe take the family out there. Go check that Come out. Come on out. Come no, on the, out. I'm my, my boys, you might be my boys' first like concert where I'm not working. Yeah. Come on out. I, I uh, last time we played there, I accidentally kept a key card to the back door. So okay. I got a, you got a key. You think? You think it, I can get you guys in? You think? <laughs> you think it still works? Uh, I don't know. I'm I mean, assuming. I don't think they. You know. I don't think they. Changed I mean, Paris Town. I don't know. I don't think they're like. I don't think they got the high level security. No. They probably like. Ah, yeah. We don't need to change these locks. No. I think it's good. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, what are you? Uh, what are you most excited about going on tour? I'm just excited to play the songs to people now that they've heard the album. It was mm-hmm. a little. It was a little weird. Like it's weird playing songs that you that you love and like no think that might be received well mm-hmm. to people that still haven't heard the songs cuz it's like there's still a gap of like oh i'm not familiar with this should i be how should i receive this because a lot of people come to concerts to like sing along and right. you know do that yeah so yeah i think it'll it'll like the act of listening goes up once somebody's familiar with with the song well i think you definitely have um, several hits in there. Like I said, like I pushed this out. I pushed it out to, to my audience. Everyone loved uh, the Vegas song. Everyone cool. loved the call out to Kentucky. But just just in general, man, you all are you all are right there. And I'm glad you made the decision to keep with it. And um, you know, if, if that time comes again, you know, just call me up and we'll sit down and drink some bourbon and talk through it. Absolutely, or some rum as I'm pouring myself yeah, another yeah, glass here. Let's do that. What's your favorite? A rum. Yeah, the rum is the favorite. It's so good. You know, the thing is, is the, the rum is probably the least expensive uh, after maybe the Spirits of French Lick on the table. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, Funny how that works. Rum just doesn't get the love it deserves. It doesn't get the love it deserves. It does not get the love. It does not get the love. But man, I'm happy for you all to be back on the road. Um, I'm happy for the for the new album drop. Good for you. And I just, I, you all were just featured in NPR. I mean, you guys are just you're rising. Your stock is rising, and I'm I'm excited to see it. And um, also, I'm thankful to 
have my first uh, studio audience here to be, to be with you. Me man. too. I appreciate hey, that. Cheers. And happy Veterans Day. Thanks oh. for doing this. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Cheers. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, seriously, go download uh, their album. It's called Good For You. Uh, excellent, excellent album. And if you can have, if you happen to see them, if you can see them on tour, uh, you can go to the description in the, in the podcast description to see if they might be near you. So that, I think that'd be pretty cool. But, you know, listen, next week I've got Clay Risen. Clay, Clay is a really good friend. He is the obituary editor for the New York Times. And he's a fellow whiskey author. He's got a new book out. I'm excited to catch up with him and talk whiskey and uh, what it's like writing obituaries. So please uh, click that subscribe button. Give us a review on whatever podcast device that you use. It helps us with the algorithm overlords. And if you haven't yet, if you haven't yet, get your Fred Minnick Show sticker. Go to fredminnick.com. Click the contact button. And just shoot me your address. We'll send you a sticker so you can put it on your computer, your trash can, your car, whatever. Just please don't use it in any kind of criminal activity. That's going to do it this week, folks. Be safe out there. Remember, no licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Heaven Hill Brands, by Michter's, and by Marshall Headphones. Enter Minnick 15 to save 15% at checkout. For more information on Fred's books, podcasts, articles, and a whole lot more, just go to fredminnick.com. I'll turn my